grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christ, our Savior, is born, and our Redeemer lives. Yet Christmas, Christmas is just the beginning of the good news of the gospel. The rest of it we will see in, well, just a few months, during Holy Week and Easter. But here, here we have the beginning of our redemption in Christ. After all, isn't he our Redeemer? The one who purchased you from God's wrath by paying the full price for your redemption. St. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he says in 1 Corinthians, You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. But did you know that Jesus, our Redeemer, also had to be redeemed? I know, I know. Pastor, that sounds awful close to heresy. Be careful. But isn't that exactly what our readings were about today? Jesus, the firstborn male, to open the womb, was required by the law of Moses to be what? Redeemed. This was true of the first male child of every Jewish woman, every donkey, lamb, bull, goat, etc. Jesus was redeemed by God so that the law would be fulfilled. And then in turn, Jesus could redeem you and me. God made this requirement of his people, as Moses wrote this morning. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when you figure out why this is, it really makes this seemingly mundane text about Mary and Joseph taking Jesus and an offering to the temple. Well, it makes it really pretty powerful. First of all, we should notice that Mary and Joseph, they are faithful parents, faithful believers. They are doing their best to obey all the requirements that God had placed on his people. Yes, these rites and rituals were important to them. They were important to them because they were important to God. This is also why you and I, why we should not neglect the Lord's Supper. Joining together in worship. Having our children baptized. Going to private confession with the pastor and the like. It is what faithful Christians do. It's important to them because it is important to their God. And it was important to Jesus. St. Luke tells us later on in the, uh, the fourth chapter, And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. As was his custom as he had been brought up to do, as his Lord, 
his father asked all of his children to come home at least one day a week. Second, Jesus had to be redeemed. Not because of his sin, because he had no sin, like we do, like we need redemption, but because of what God had done for his people. That redemption would be a foreshadowing of Christ's redemption of you and me. It goes all the way back to the first Passover in Egypt, the the final plague against stubborn Pharaoh and the release of God's people. You all remember that story? Then you remember that God had condemned all the firstborn in the land. Not just the firstborn males of the Egyptians, but even of their animals. And even the Jews. All were condemned by God. However, God provided a way of rescue. This good news or gospel he gave to his people. They were to sacrifice a lamb or goat, take its blood and smear that blood around their doors. And then the lamb itself, they were to eat. When the angel of the Lord came and saw the blood on the door, he would pass over that home and everyone inside would be safe. But those who did not do that, Egyptian, Jew, would suffer the loss of their firstborn. And after that, God continued to demand redemption of the firstborn male. A sacrifice had to be made to purchase or to to redeem that child from death and the wrath of God. It was in that way a remembering of what had been done, but it was also a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He would be sacrificed. Not just for the firstborn, but the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The whole world. Not just the Egyptians or the Jews. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. So today, Jesus is taken into the temple. But you notice, the law required a lamb to be brought as a sacrifice. But Mary and Joseph didn't bring a lamb. They apparently couldn't afford it. They weren't shepherds, so they didn't have any lambs of their own, and they were apparently not very wealthy. So they do the next best thing, which the law of Moses allowed. They brought two turtle doves, or pigeons. Think about that for a moment. The Lamb of God was redeemed not by the blood of a lamb, but by a lesser offering, a humble offering, by the blood of two doves. It was a dove, if you remember, that delivered the good news, a, a gospel of sorts, to Noah on the ark, that the waters had receded enough for them to disembark from that boat, that God's wrath was over, 
and there was a new beginning. Later, it would be the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove that would come upon Jesus at his baptism, proclaiming the news, the a gospel, to those who were there, that this was the Son of God, in whom God was well pleased. Kind of beautiful. Jesus, our redeemed and redeeming Redeemer. That's a lot of redeems, I know. I mentioned in Bible study this morning that sometimes I like to pick one word to focus on for a Sunday, and that's the word for today, redeem, redemption. Today, as Mary and Joseph are, are in the temple, imagine them bringing their newborn child into the temple amongst all these people. And amongst all these people, they run into a man that we are only somewhat familiar with. A man named Simeon. Simeon was an older man who had been waiting for the baby to show up. And God, through the Holy Spirit, had promised Simeon that Simeon would not see death until he saw the Christ. Man, what a promise. And what he had to say about baby Jesus caused Mary and Joseph to marvel. That's what Luke says. He says they marveled at what Simeon had to say. Here are Simeon's words. Here's what he said. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. Sound familiar? I hope so. We sing a song almost every Sunday after the Lord's Supper. And as far as I know, we in the Lutheran tradition are the only church body who does that. But why? Why do we sing it after the Lord's Supper? Well, maybe I can explain it this way. In my call documents, Whenever I was called to be the pastor of this church, it says that I am to bring to you the word and the sacraments. That pretty much sums up my job. But I think I can sum it up even more. The job of a pastor is little more than preparing the people of God that God has placed under his care. Preparing them for what, though? Again, here's one word. Death. What a happy job I have. <laughs> this means that the pastor's job is to, is to exhort and to encourage, to chastise and console, to reprove and to reassure. And while there may be elements of life lessons, applications for daily life, or even some entertainment, because I know how much you love my dad jokes, the pastor's main goal is to look beyond that. Not to give you 12 steps for a better marriage, but beyond that. Not to tell you how to raise your children, but, well, that may be in there, beyond that. So his main goal is to look beyond that and to get you to look beyond that, too. 
This life has much to bring us down. and Yes, we do need those kinds of helps. And those things that bring us down, those things can either destroy our faith when we suffer loss or grief, tragedy, calamity. They can destroy our faith, moving us away from God and His gift of forgiveness. Or they can draw us closer by depending on Him more and more. The pastor's job is to preach and to teach and to hopefully equip you for that latter part. A continued return to God and a trusting in His love, mercy, forgiveness, and grace. Because that, in a word, is repentance. Repentance, unfortunately, is often seen as a decision we make in order to avoid eternal damnation. To stave off hell and the devil. But true repentance isn't running away from hell, but running towards your God. Your God who loves you. Even when faced with tremendous trials, tribulations, and yes, even death. The ancient liturgy of the divine service, which we try to follow somewhat here, and the hymns that we sing the prayers that we pray, the readings from the Holy Scriptures, the sermon, and even the creeds. Every bit of it is designed to reveal God's love to you through the gospel of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Delivered to you, yes, through word and sacraments, to which I am called to, to bring and to make sure that are ministered. The liturgy of the divine service serves as simply a vehicle to deliver to you all of those means of grace because they are God's gifts to you. And they're not just delivered at Christmas or on your birthday like most gifts, but every Sunday when the church gathers together, he gives those gifts to you. Your pastor, the liturgy, the sermon, the whole deal is to get you to where Simeon is today. As Mary and Joseph come into the temple, he sees that baby. And he sees that baby not just as a child, but as his redeemer. He sees the one who will free him from sin, death, and the devil. And so he sings that song, the Nunc Dimittis, which means, let us depart. He has seen his Redeemer. So now he is prepared for death. We too, in the Lord's Supper, we have seen our Redeemer. We have held him in our hands, just like Simeon held him in his arms. Our eyes have seen our salvation. We have beheld His light and His glory, His death and His resurrection. And so we, every man, woman, and child who sees and receives that gift is able to sing with Simeon, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word.
When we sing those words, it's not, now you let us depart from this place, or to depart from your table, but it is to depart from this life. Lord, now we're ready. If you were to take me now, I'm ready. I can go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. We having seen and received the very flesh and blood of the Lamb of God, being forgiven of our sins, having our faith renewed, and in repentance we have returned to God and His care, we are prepared. Yes, prepared even for death. How's that for a Christmas message? But isn't that the whole purpose? Isn't the whole reason we look to Christ so that when we die, we will be with Him forever? St. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. God sent forth his son, born of woman, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Let us depart in peace. Amen. And now may that peace that surpasses all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.